Hi, everybody. Welcome to episode number 53 of Unmasked and video episode number two. If you're joining on YouTube, I am your host, Neil Getzlow. And I just want to say thank you so much for coming on this journey with me. I truly appreciate all of you, all the faithful listeners. And if you are new here, I welcome you on this journey as well. Um, I encourage you to scroll through the podcast feed. There's a link in the description to where you can find it on your uh, on Apple podcasts and you can catch up on the older episodes. Also encourage you to check out my website, neilgetzlow.com, where you can learn learn more about me and, and my book as well. So hey, look, today we are we are wrapping up the first year of Unmasked, which is just to me, it's hard to believe. And I have got to give all the credit to God for for giving me the patience and the strength to needed to produce a podcast every single week for the past 52 weeks. I, I mean you know, I think about it. I didn't even have the the fortitude to produce more than five blogs over the past year. So to get uh, to get uh, one podcast a week out, uh, I give credit to God for that. I also want to give credit to all the amazing guests that I've had on the show over the past year. Thank you to all of you. And um, hey, look, year two is going to be even better. So stick around on this journey. Hey, today we're going to wrap up this first year uh, with uh, author, podcaster, and future media empire giant, Christy Neal. Uh, we had Christy on the show, oh, back in the fall of 2022. I'll link to the old episode uh, in the description below. And uh, we talked about her book, Don't Ever Tell. And uh, as, so as we close out the month of February, you know, February is the month of lovers, right? So we we started, you know, February talking about, um, you know, talking about God and sex and love. And then last week talked about godly marriages. Uh, I asked Christy to come back this week to talk about surviving and and thriving in marriage after adultery. Now, both Christy and I, as you know about me, have engaged in extramarital affairs that have hurt so many people that we care about, but that doesn't have to be a death sentence for your marriage. And so, um, you know, today we talk about putting your faith and trust in Jesus because he can deliver the healing for your marriage. So I hope you enjoyed today's episode and uh, let's unmask healing marriages and building trust with Christy Neal. Christy, it's so good to see you again. Um, welcome to Unmasked. You Good to be here again. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for having me back on. Yeah, absolutely. And, and hopefully, hopefully we're, we're, if you're watching this on YouTube, it means we were successful in taking this <laughs> off the laptop and getting it uploaded and actually doing a video podcast. This should be video podcast number two, if awesome. I've done this correctly. So yeah, I believe it. For, thank you. <laughs> I appreciate it. And hey, that also lets me um, promote your book a little bit. Yes. Um, so when the last time you were on our show, we you know we covered this uh, quite a bit, and you went into your journey and your story. So um, if you wouldn't mind just um, reminding everybody sort of who you are and and sure. what are you up to today. Absolutely. I'll just give my little quick um, intro story for yeah. anyone who didn't see the last interview. So 15 years ago, I had an affair with a man at my church. When the truth came out, I endured years of guilt, shame, rumors, labeling, and my marriage did not survive. I found myself a divorced, single working mom. As I was getting used to my daughter's every other weekend rotation with her father, she was four at the time. I found myself one night 
uh, just drowning in guilt and shame. And I went to her little bedroom, her pink bedroom, and I remember kneeling beside her, her tiny bed. And I was just wailing to God, begging for a woman who had been where I'd been, done what I'd done. And I wanted her to have this tremendous bounce back story. And I just wanted her to tell me I was going to be okay. So as I was wailing and begging for this woman, God whispered to my spirit for one of the, the first times, um, you are her. <laughs> and so I completely didn't understand. I remember screaming out, no, you know, and like, I'm a hot mess down here. I had an affair, you know, hello in the South at a church. Um, and so I didn't understand then, but I understand now. And so I chose to become that voice of hope and healing that I so desperately needed after my own affair. Um, I'm an author of Don't Ever Tell. And then I have a podcast myself called Everyone Has a Voice. And now we have the Choose Different Media Group. It just keeps growing and growing. And, you know, God has really blessed my husband and I tremendously where Choose Different Media is a give back media group. So we are now investing in other Christian creatives that have a, call, a strong calling for God. They have a media project they know they're called to do, but they don't have the money. And so Choose Different Media comes in and helps and invests. And we're getting in the TV a little bit, which is crazy. Um, we just released the audiobook of Don't Ever Tell that released in November of last year. We have, that's available on Audible and Amazon. And we also have an online mentor program coming out this year. Uh, it's going to be called Choose Different Today. So we're lots of great things are going on. That's so awesome. I want to hear more about that uh, mentor program. That's that's really cool. Thank you. I love that. Yeah. And yep. it just I, I just appreciate you. You know how candid and open you are about your journey and what you've been through because I think it it will help. It, it is helping people. I mean, you've been on this road, you know, for a, a few more years than I have been. And so, uh, but I know your journey is definitely help, helping people. And so I'm blessed to be able to, Aww. to be able to talk about it and, and, and move forward with you on this. I, I always say I went from a hot mess to hot bless, you know, so <laughs> I want to encourage yeah. people if you're in that valley or you feel like a failure, I remember, you know, hearing in my mind, I was such a loser. I was such a failure. I had thrown away everything God had blessed me with. God can turn it. He's a turner. And that's what he does. You just don't give up. You keep moving forward every day. Yeah, no, he he absolutely <laughs> turns things around uh, when you least expect it. Yeah, uh, <laughs> that is for sure. Because I wasn't expecting the the right cross I got a few times, but that's right. Um, but I got the message and it turned around. So yeah, yeah. and I, I, I love I love your story, Neil. And and I've had you on my show so many times just because. I believe in what you are doing and I love that you are so transparent and open as a, a husband that has gone through this and really taken ownership of every piece. And, you know, that's so needed. Yeah. Well, and that's, that is, that is the only way to rebuild following, at least in my, from my perspective, anyways, from a man's perspective, especially when the man is um, responsible for the infidelity, like, we we own the accountability and the responsibility to 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 make amends and to try to rebuild that that trust and and rebuild that intimacy and so that's today's conversation is really going to focus around rebuilding trust and rebuilding industry intimacy 
yes, we're going to talk about it from a from the lens of you know as we were you know both um, part of affairs, but also just I think every day people you know struggle with this, and, and they there may not be any sort of infidelity around. Like there's trust and and intimacy issues, and yeah, so that's... this you know we just. Um, Last week was Valentine's Day. And so I sort of have mixed feelings about Valentine's Day in some way, because it just like, so like, we're just supposed to be nice to our partners one day a year. <laughs> right? <laughs> Shouldn't every day be Valentine's Day? <laughs> well, yeah, I, I think so. No, I've been, I've been sort of dedicating my contact, content in February. Of course, February is the time everyone's thinking about romance and love and all that stuff. But I, I do want to, sh- I, I, I want to share this content to encourage people like, yes, you, you can have the marriage you want every single day, not just, you know, one day a year when everyone's being extra nice to each other, but you can have, you know, um, a great marriage, um, throughout the, throughout the year. And I think we're, we're definitely proof of that. I believe that, you know, one of the biggest questions that I had after stepping out in my first marriage and I couldn't find anyone who would speak candidly to this, which I thought was interesting, but I wanted to know, could God restore my physical relationship inside of my marriage after I had had an affair? And the women that I found, actually there was only one who would talk to me. When I asked her that question, she ignored the question. And for me, that spoke volumes because I thought, okay, this is clearly not an area of their marriage that is healed or she would have, you know, addressed the question. And so then I assumed, which I should not have done, right? Assumption is the lowest form of communication, but I assumed that that meant if I stay with my first husband, that means we will have a terrible sex life. That was the worst assumption and such a lie. And so I just feel in my heart to address that that is a lie. God is a redeemer and a turner. And if he can bless my second marriage, which I have a wonderful second marriage, if he can give me intimacy and a wonderful physical relationship within that marriage, he absolutely could have redeemed that in my first marriage. So just to anyone who may be struggling with that question, absolutely. He can redeem every area of your marriage. So, you know, so before we kind of get into when, and I know when people, we think intimacy, we think physical intimacy and, and, and sort of emotional intimacy and the things that go with that. But there's also this um, spiritual intimacy, which I've just, you know, have learned over the past few years was actually, is actually a thing. And is like the starting point for, for how you, you build on top of it everywhere else in your marriage it starts with that spiritual intimacy that you and your spouse have with god yeah um so, so can so how does that how has that impacted you know your your marriage now your second marriage and, and coming out of the coming out of the affair how has that impacted the relationship you have today sure first i would say the biggest piece for me is i pray over my husband and my marriage every day. That's good. And I did not do that in my, in my first marriage. In fact, I did not welcome God and the Holy spirit into every area of my marriage. So that's something I intentionally do now 
is I invite God into every area. And that includes physical intimacy, which sounds strange, but I bought this book that helped me and my husband so much. It was called 31 Days of Prayer for Your Husband. And of course, that was my book to pray over him. And then he had 31 Days of Prayer for Your Wife. And so early on in our marriage, we committed to praying for each other out of these books because since we hadn't done it in our first marriage, sometimes you really don't know what to pray for. You know, dear yeah. Lord, thank you for my husband. Um, give us a better marriage. You know, so these books are very intentional. The prayers are very intentional and they address areas, uh, work life, friends, finances, um, all, you know, romance, all of those areas that sometimes we don't think to pray over. And what I noticed, Neil, when I did that, was it actually changed my heart. It changed my heart toward my husband. I became more loving, more accepting of his growing edges, because we all have growing edges. I became less critical, which I think as women, that's one of our, um, we can be naggy at times. We always want to be improving. We always want to be bettering, which at the heart of that is good, but it can come across like the man feels like they're never doing anything right. And so I was guilty of that in my first marriage. I did not want to repeat that pattern in my second marriage. And I felt myself doing that. I felt myself, all of a sudden we were married and I started reverting to this critical, um, always trying to improve him. And so I remember praying to God. I was at my office. I closed the door. And I remember just saying, God, I do not want to be this critical, um, you know, defeating woman for my husband. Like Kevin des deserves more than that. And I was noticing that pattern and the Lord spoke to me and he said, I'll never forget this. He said, whatever you want of him, ask me. Hmm. And I remember being like, okay, like, is it really this easy? And so I was like, okay, I'm gonna try this. So my second husband and I used to always be so good about leaving little notes when we were dating. We dated for a long time, like seven or eight years. We always left little notes and sent little text messages. Then we got married and all of a sudden I noticed, ah, where are my notes? You know, where are my sweet text messages? You know, I still wanted to date even though we were in a marriage relationship. And so I tried this, this new theory out, right? And so I said, okay, Lord, um, I really missed little notes just of love from my husband. Um, you know, please nudge him, give him a God nudge to write me a note, you know, less than 24 hours later, I kid you not. And this might be TMI, but I'm sitting <laughs> on the pot. I'm sitting on the throne and I go to pull toilet paper out, you know, and he, my husband had written on the toilet paper, what? I love you so much. And Neil, I automatically started crying. I was sitting on the toilet <laughs> and I That's... just started crying tears of joy because I was like, first of all, God heard me. And I think as humans, we just long to be heard. We long to be seen, right? And that's a part of intimacy. We want to be heard and seen. So to, to think that the creator of the universe 
heard little bitty me needing a love note from my husband, right? Um, how petty in a way. And he answered that and he nudged my husband and I didn't have to nag. And so that's one of my things is I never want to be a nag. And I've given my husband permission <laughs> if ever I start to nag to tell me, to let me know, because that can really destroy a man's ego, in my opinion. It, for him, he hears, I'm not doing anything right. I'm not a good husband, I'm not sure. a good provider. I'm not romantic enough, whatever. So whatever you ask of your spouse or want of your spouse, ask God. I'm telling you, it works. Yeah, no, I, I think that's good. Although I think I think on a future episode, we're going to have to come back and unpack the writing of the love notes on toilet paper. Uh, <laughs> I've got a lot more questions. On that. We do that all the time. We call them love bombs. If you go to my Instagram <laughs> at different, you can see one of our reels is a love bomb. And he did like a whole like paragraph, oh, like is... video. It's awesome, yeah. I have not ever heard that before, and <laughs> and I must under I must learn what kind of toilet paper you're using to get that kind of <laughs> thickness to be able to write on. Okay, we're diving. I know you didn't sign. No one signed up for this conversation, but uh, hey, we're giving it to you. Cotton nail. Our our rears over here uh, prefer cotton nail. Yeah. So. <laughs> um, and you use the marker, and it's be very gentle, and it works. <laughs> interesting. Okay. All right. Very interesting. Oh, but sticking on this theme of prayer, you know, uh, do, um, how often do you guys pray together? I would say, well, we prayed before this interview, just real quick. Um, you know, we don't pray together every day. I can't say that. I spend my God time alone in the morning. Yeah. And then Kevin kind of spends his intermittent throughout the day, a lot of times outside. Uh, we do pray a lot in the evening. Um, so we'll just pray over our kids or, or, you know, pray for a good night's rest. Um, my husband has some rest struggles, some sleep struggles. So we, we do that. Um, whenever we travel or we have events, we pray together. Um, we've talked about making it part of our daily morning routine, just praying over our day every day. We're not there yet you know, we're still a work in progress. Um, I think my husband, one of the things that's different is I'm a very bold prayer. Yeah. Like I, yes, I, you are. You, you pray big. I pray big. And, and I told, I've told my husband, like, if you heard me pray when I was alone, you'd probably be freaked out. A lot of people would probably be freaked out and that's okay. Um, because that's just, you know, me and the Lord and my language to the Lord. Sure. But um, so when we pray, it is very, it is different and it is very intimate and it feels different. It's, it's because you, you feel so vulnerable when you're praying with someone. Yeah. Um, and so it's something that we absolutely believe in. We pray with our kids. We pray over our kids. Uh, all of our children are out of the house now. And so my, my daughter um, is, is in Arkansas now. So every time she hits the road, we circle, we do an Avery sandwich <laughs> and we circle around her and we pray. And before big road trips, you know, we pray and we're very big about giving God glory for everything, like everything we own, everything we are blessed with. 
we're very vocal about how we talk about God. Um, so you could say we, we pray intermittent throughout the day, you know, and talk about God all the time. It's not very formal. It's more like, can you believe this life that we've been blessed with? Uh, we're very grateful because we know we don't, we don't deserve it. Well, and I, I do think having that shared experience around God and being both being in the same playing field, right? Because sometimes you can both be walking with God, but maybe someone is in a different spot. Maybe they're, they're sort of in a dry period of, and you know, if when you're, you're just kind of off balance, but when you're both, you know, mm. on, on the same, on the same direction with, with God, I think that just makes that makes such a huge difference. And I know we've got like, like Amy and I absolutely have opportunities to to get better at that. I think I do yeah. feel a difference when we pray together, you know, it, it does make such a huge difference. And then, but when we get out of that routine, I, you know, I can feel that too. The yeah, one thing too. that I, hopefully Amy doesn't mind me sharing this uh, story. Um, I asked her recently first, I'm not sure why, but this is like one of the first times I'd ever asked her was, like, how can I pray for you today? Wow. And um, she, I, the first thing that came to her mind, she said, I want to be more on fire for God. Wow. And I just like, okay. And like, so like, that's, so obviously been praying about that, you know, for the past few weeks and, you know, that, which is, so there's, there's still lots of breakthrough to come there, but I know like one of the openings that God's provided was there's a, a uh, book study for women at our church that's just started recently. And Amy, Amy doesn't usually go to those things, but yeah. she, she made the commitment to go wow. and has been going. And there's some good, good women around her that are, that are part of her group. And it's just like, okay, like, I feel like that's going to be part of, of her sort of getting where she wants to be. Uh, yeah, but I just think that's just such, like, it never dawned on me. Why, you know, I ask, I ask people all the time, well, Hey, how can I pray for you? I never thought to ask Amy. Yeah. And she gave that's me a that. really, really interesting answer. Yeah. I love that. I'm going to steal that actually. Well, I, yeah. I mean, I just think that's the sweetest thing. I think anyone uh, listening is like, wow. If someone asked me that, especially, I don't know, there's something about your spouse. Yeah. Asking you that. Um, and so I definitely want to do that. Something came to my mind that my husband and I do every morning. We have found two pastors that we both love their teaching. And so that's how we start every morning. We uh, get up at the same time, which I think is important. And, you know, we have breakfast together and we listen to a teaching from one of those two pastors. And then we talk about what they're teaching. And yeah, that's huge. I love that. So that has really helped us grow spiritually together and have things to talk about that are outside of our, you know, the, the walls of our home. Um, sure. and that's something I, I didn't have in my first marriage and he wasn't much of a communicator. So I really enjoy conversation and, you know, hearing different perspectives. Well, what did you hear? You know, what did you take away from that? And I know I've heard you guys talk about how you gave up um, cable or TV and how you watch things that are God honoring. And I yeah. love, we have yet to do that. We've talked about it. We've yet to, to pull the plug, 
Um, but I think we are not perfect in that by any stretch, but for the, I would say for 95% of the content that's on our TV is, is God related. It's amazing. Um, and it's, it's amazing. just, that makes a huge difference in, yeah. in, but I, I like the, I, you know, I, I like that idea of getting up together and, yeah. and just what a great way to, to build intimacy, get up together, have breakfast together, put on a message and then talk about it. I mean, amazing yeah. concept. There. I know it's right. good. And we, you know, we go to bed at the same time too. And I know that sounds silly. Um, cause some people are night owls and some people aren't, I understand that. Um, but one of the things that we both decided is it's important for us to, to get up together and then go to bed together. And for us, I feel like that's helped our intimacy. You know, in my first marriage, I would stay up a lot in the wee hours of the night by myself just to have alone time. And honestly, that wasn't good. You know, that do you, when do I you got, think that, do you think that gave you an opening to uh, deke, like maybe like sort of unplug a little bit from, from your first husband, just spending time alone, like in that setting? Absolutely. Because I was in my own head, I was listening to, music that was feeding me messages of independence and I can do this on my own um you know just you know what I'm talking about Mm -hmm. a lot of hip-hop stuff that of course was sexual and my first husband didn't like that type of music so that was the time when I could listen to that music I would journal a lot and when I look back at those journals you know it was there was some crazy things going on in my head And what I've learned, Neil, is, you know, we all have crazy thoughts that fly over, right? But honestly, we choose which ones nest. Yeah. What do you do with those thoughts? That's right. And what I was doing back then was a lot of lusting, a lot of fantasizing that I thought was innocent. I'm like, hey, I'm not touching anybody, you know, Um, and I would check men out a lot. I didn't think anything was wrong with that in my first marriage. I do not do that any longer. What you continually see, you have, will eventually be, right? What you continually yeah. focus on will eventually be in your future. And I know that now. And I've, I'm living proof of that um, with what it's happened. In, it's interesting, though. Amy used to tell me, you know, especially when sort of our, you know, struggles became sort of out in the open, she would always tell me, she's like, I never, she's like, I never look at other men. And like, that just floored me because yeah. I just thought, I just thought that was what everybody did. Me too. It, it, like that was uh, really, like, I couldn't believe it. And, um, yeah, but, but I, I'm the same way as you. I've had to, I, uh, and now for looking, I don't, I should be ashamed to say this. I, I, I have to sometimes consciously direct where my eyes go because really? there is danger around That's right. lurking around every corner. I and you got to, you got to protect your eyes. That's right. I have to do the same thing. Yeah. You know, for me as a woman, you know, women love attention. We do. I mean, that's just the facts. I can own that. I love attention, you know? So the challenge for me just being transparent is that I only and always desire attention only from my husband. And I have to really keep myself in check. Um, I remember in my first marriage, you know, let's say at work, I'll give an example. I wear a certain outfit and then someone at work that is not my husband gives me a compliment on that outfit. 
that's in my brain. And the next time I look at that outfit in my closet, oh, I remember so-and-so liked this outfit. And if I'm choosing that outfit with the intention of hopefully getting attention from that person again, that's a red flag. And I didn't realize that. So now I keep all of that in check. I don't, I used to joke around a lot with people, men and women, you know, I used to um, joke perverted a lot. I didn't think anything was wrong with that. You know, I don't do that anymore. My, my husband now has really helped me see that that can be misinterpreted as flirting. And I'm a very complimentary person. So he's, you know, we've worked on, you know, he's told me, I really don't like when you compliment men. Mm. So I don't do that anymore. Um, that's just a natural, I'm a kind of a bubbly outgoing personality, but I've had to retrain myself to, it's okay to compliment a woman, woman to woman, but I have to always think about my husband and honoring him. And that could be misinterpreted as, as me liking that man or flirting with that man and I just don't want to cross any lines um and like if if I remember being in Hawaii with a dear friend of mine and she was it was with like one of those networking groups you know she'd earned the trip it was awesome but she was off doing a class of some sort and I was just laying by the pool and across the way was like this man that had been hand carved by God I'll just be honest. And I, and I didn't even realize that I was like, you know, oogling. I didn't realize it. And then I caught myself and I was like, oh gosh, oh gosh. And I just self-corrected. Yeah. And I, and I asked for forgiveness and then I confessed it to my husband. Now, some people might think that is extreme, but when you've experienced what we've experienced, Neil, and for me, I lost my whole my first family. I didn't get to have more children because of my stupid choices. I know what's at stake. I, I nip those thoughts. I correct my eyes. And one of the things I do is I say, I adore my husband. My husband adores me. I have eyes only for my husband and my husband only has eyes for me. I literally say it out loud to keep, to correct that if, if it comes up. Sure. So that, that's kind of my, my next question for you is, you know, so you, you go into a relationship, like I, like anytime I've heard, like if you have a, having an affair and, and try to establish a relationship with that person that you're, you know, that you've been intimate with having an affair with, like mm-hmm. it's doomed to fail. Now you are living proof that is not, that is not the case and you're, you're flourishing now, yeah. but how, like what, how, how were you able to established trust from like from both of you because you know while you were you know you both sort of came in knowing what was going on so like how do you how do both of you establish the trust that says you both have confidence saying this isn't going to happen again to us exactly i always want to preface this with from the time the truth came out about our affair to the day we got married was eight years it's a long time. We, yes. And I will be honest. I never would have dreamed that I would have married this man. Mm. He was not husband material. He was fun material. I was not wife material. Yeah. Fun material. 
we both went through extensive counseling on our own, apart from each other. We, Neil, we dated off and on. We broke up probably a dozen times because there was so much baggage there and guilt and shame and the trust factor. Now, from my point, I tried to date other people and he, he never did. He knew exactly what he wanted and he was very clear about that. So for me, the woman, I think that helped establish trust over the years. I also saw him work so hard on himself. He took ownership of what he brought into his first marriage. He went to counseling with intention to fix those issues and not bring them into the next marriage. We both did. He went away to a monastery for, I can't remember how long. Really? Just time alone. Yeah. Wow. We both went to a program called Onsite, which is a very intensive, gosh, it's like getting a some college semester's worth of intense counseling in eight days. Um, and it's in Tennessee here. It's an amazing program. We did the Living Centered program. Um, I did it first. And then about a year and a half or two later, he did it. Um, it, it, you know, it wasn't something that happened overnight. I prayed and prayed and prayed like, Lord, if this man is not good for me, take him from my life. Like, I just could not see how I could have a ministry ministering to women who had committed adultery. If I end up with the man I had the affair, it didn't make sense to me. Mm -hmm. I prayed and prayed and prayed and was willing to sacrifice. I thought I was going to have to sacrifice that relationship. Um, but what I learned, Neil, is obedience is greater than sacrifice. Meaning mm -hmm. God was telling me what I needed to do. And I kept doing it. He told me to be, to, to be her, right? Then he called yeah. me to write the book, right? I did that. I kept doing the things. I will share that Kevin, my husband now, did not like the idea of me always talking about adultery. Sure. I don't know if I can live with this. It's like you're continually talking about the worst season of our life or my life. And I just told him, I was like, I understand. I care about you deeply, but I will always choose God over you every time. Mm. I did. And we both, here's another thing that was important to us. That's very rare. We believed our first spouses came first. We both had deep respect for our first spouses. We both had an agreement. If my first husband called at 2 a.m., I was over there to help to do whatever needed to be done. And if he had a problem with that, there was the door. He felt the same way about me. There was never, and I respected that, that his first wife was the mother of his children and the children and his first wife came first. Now this is when we were dating, right? Yeah. So we aligned on many things and we grew together and apart. And then every time we would come back together, it was like, I was seeing this evolution of a new man. And both of us, the day we got married, I did not marry the man I had an affair with. I married a new clean version, reborn Kevin Burke. He's a different man. Sure. I'm a completely different woman 
renewed and redeemed by the blood of Christ, you know, on, only God. Um, and we give all credit to him. And it is very rare. Um, but I want to share, it's been very difficult. I would not recommend it. Neither one of us would. You know yeah. why? We still to this day pay for those choices. And it has been extremely hard on our kids. Sure. Um, even after waiting for eight years, we thought, okay, now it'll be okay. It's, it's something that you will always deal with. And we always ask God for wisdom and discernment around it. Um, and the trust thing, it took time. It took time. And we go to counseling once a quarter to this day, even if we, especially if we don't need it, that's our check-in. And that has really helped us. So, um, and I think that's, you know, brought up an interesting point about both of you being, you know, you're different people now. And I think and that is an important point because I think that it shows the, the power of, of what God can do for someone's heart and, and give you new hearts where just, that's just not going to be, that's the, that's just not going to be an issue anymore. That's right. But it's, but it's interesting in some of the, the men that I talk to um, that are, that are struggling, they're not, necessarily doing the same things that as far as um, infidelity that I was involved with, but certainly on the pornography side of things. And, mm -hmm. you know, one of the things that I feel like I get a lot is that they're just their relationship with, with God. It just isn't where it needs to be. Yeah. And I think that's, you know, I think that's, again, it just kind of goes back to what we, we talked about earlier on the spiritual intimacy. I think both partners have to really be on on the same the same page moving forward from an event like this that's right and i've often told my husband i'm very direct <laughs> i don't yeah. mind asking for what i need and what i want and i'll share this for the women listening you know men aren't mind readers um stop waiting for them to figure out what you need. It's really not fair. And they want to know what we need. And of course you say it respectfully and with tact, but I heard a lady one time, Neil say, I finally figured it out. She said, if I, if I need my husband to tell me I'm pretty, I ask him, honey, will you tell me I'm pretty? And then when he says, honey, you're so pretty. She goes, it still counts. It still feels the same and I still receive what I need. So that's what I've learned to do. Um, and so I'm, I'm very good about asking for, for what I need. Um, but with Kevin, he's also very, very open, mm -hmm. you know, and so that helps. And I, I apologize. I forgot your question when I was sharing that story. Uh, well, just it, it wasn't. It was more of a comment, really, on just the importance of, you know, being together on the same page. Yes. With God, having having the hearts that have been softened, that aren't hard anymore, and, and right. being able to, um, like that. That's a big part of, for for me. That's a big part of trust, knowing that I don't, you really don't have to worry about that. Yes. Um, anymore. 
Yeah. Now, maybe it wasn't so evident, you know, in, for, for Amy at the beginning, but, but now it is. Yeah. So I was going to say to that point, I will tell my husband, I need you to be in the word. To be what? Oh, in the word? In the word. Like, yeah. He doesn't like reading. And I understand mm. that. But even if it's just five minutes a day, because that's how God speaks to us. Yeah. Living word. And when I say that, I always say, I need you to protect our marriage, protect our relationship, protect your heart and your eyes. And that's how we do it. That's how I do it. And so what I do, Neil, is the power of 15. It's so simple. Yeah. It's something that our pastor taught us. He said, you want to have the best year of your life? And of course, my ears perked up. This was like 2017. He said, first thing in the morning, spend five minutes worshiping. And I just sing simple songs like Jesus loves me and old camp songs, you know, blue skies and rainbows, nothing, nothing crazy. And then five minutes of praying, just praying over my day, welcoming God into my day. Usually I'll say, who can I bless today, God, you know, and then five minutes in the word, because I don't really like reading either, but I did that every day for that year and it completely changed my life. And now that's grown into a little more time. But if I don't have a big block of time, at least do my power 15. And it just sets my attitude. Sure. For the uh, yeah. I mean, I, I, I have the, the same, the same routine. It's I've called mine the power 30, actually what it is, which is 10, 10 and 10, um, you know, 10 minutes. You're so of, much better than me, Neil. I, yes. I'm just doing this to show I'm, I'm, I'm 15 minutes better than you easily. <laughs> Your oh. mansion's going to be bigger when we get to have it. Uh, no, we'll see about that. We'll see. I'm going to be I'm going to be sleeping in the mansion, the basement of Amy's mansion when we get to heaven. And I'm hey, okay I'll with that. Be, I'll be a housekeeper. I just want <laughs> to be there. Like, yeah, can just I give me there. <laughs> I'm that woman. Can I please get in? <laughs> yeah. Um so I just like I've got a couple more questions and then we'll we'll sure. let you go for the day. Um do you is it possible to affair proof your marriage? And if so, well, how can people go about doing that? Absolutely. Actually, on my website at choosedifferent.org, I have something called the Dirty Dozen. Mm. And it's literally 12 warning signs that you may be susceptible to habits that could lead to an affair. Like I'm so gentle about it, right? Because sure. nobody ever thinks they're going to have an affair. If someone would have come to me 16 years ago and said, Christine, you're going to have an affair and end up divorced, you know, um, by this year, I, was, I would have laughed at them. Like I knew that I knew that I knew I would never do that. My father committed adultery on my mom and my granddad. It was all in our family history. So you absolutely can affair proof your marriage. One of the things is being aware that you're even susceptible. So a couple of the things that are on the list for me, I had a huge daddy hole, meaning growing up, my dad was not very present in my life. He was a workaholic. My parents were divorced. Automatic. I'm in the bucket. I'm, I'm a little susceptible, right? I need a lot of men's attention because I didn't get it when I was growing up. Uh, same thing with men to women. Uh, my granddad, 
his mom died when he was two. His stepmom was so mean to him. He was married, I don't know how many times, he was always looking for a mom, someone to nurture him. He had a, a mommy hole. Um, one of the other things is, do you, are you always dressing to get attention? I, I mentioned that earlier. Um, if you're always dressing to get attention outside of the home, that's a huge red flag. So I would go download that freebie um, off of my website. It's got all 12. It's also in the back of my book. So if anyone were to purchase the book, it's in the very back. Um, number three, you, you require a lot of attention and reassurance. I was always needing attention and reassurance. That was not good. So I would say, look at those warning signs. If you have five of the 12, I would highly recommend doing marital counseling. That's something my first husband, I begged and begged him to go with me and he just mm -hmm. wouldn't. And you know, it's funny if, if there was a time machine and he could get back in it, I guarantee you, Neil, he would go to counseling knowing what he knows now. You know, you see what I mean? Yeah. Oh yeah. To me. You could be saving yourself decades of grieving. You know, a divorce means you are now not with your kids all the time. Like do it for your kids. Sure. You yeah. Do it for your spouse or yourself. Do it for your kids. Um, and I would say that book, that 31 days of prayer for your husband, 31 days of prayer for your wife is so good as far as spiritual protection for your, your marriage. It's a great way to start. It's cheap. And like I mentioned, it changes your heart towards your spouse. Because, you know, we're so bad about, we always want them to change, right? And sometimes there's, there's some maintenance that God needs to do on our heart. And it just gives you a different perspective. So you absolutely can affair proof your marriage. And I would say if you're, you're tempted now, if you're being tempted into infidelity or an emotional affair, you know, Neil, I had three or four emotional affairs before I had the real big one. Sure. It's a slippery slope. If you have had a couple of emotional affairs, you know, email, messaging, whatever, DMing, that's a huge red flag that eventually one day you're going to eat the pizza. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You can't keep playing with fire and not yeah. expect it burned. I got burned. I could not believe I got burned, but I did. And then I remember telling myself, oh, I just have a season of fun. I'll just do this for a short time. Like I was in control of it. It cost me everything. So those are the lies that you will hear. You, you know, what have you ever done for yourself? That's a big one. Um, you deserve some fun. You deserve something mm. just for yourself. Mm -hmm. I heard that all the time. I thought that was my own thoughts. It was seeds of temptation planted by the devil. My daughter sure. was like six months old at the time. And then he kept watering that, right? He kept dropping that thought. And then I kept agreeing with it. I do deserve some fun. I'm such a hard stay at home, you know, uh, working mama. I take care of everyone. What do I do for myself? Hmm. And so then something fun came along and it wasn't good. So self-care for women is huge. Self-care, go get a massage. You know, Neil, if I had had like a part-time job, even something that was honoring to my marriage, but got me out around people, 
that would have helped. There's many, many, many different things that you can do. Well, and I, and I do think that that counseling and whether it comes in the form of a, you know, professional counselor, you know, faith-based counselor, or, you know, I know that if you belong to a church, you know, your church more than likely offers marriage outreach, that there's a marriage ministry there that will speak life over you and your marriage and, and try to help you through it. And like, <clears throat> that was, you know, I don't, I don't get into this a lot, but yeah, I mean, that was, Amy and I did uh, six, eight months of counseling yeah. following, you know, what, what I put us through, but it was funny, probably about around month six, we were down to meeting once a month and we get on this call with our counselor. I'm like, I mean, we're, all we're doing is basically just like catching up. Like, it's like, I'm paying you this much money to, just to tell you that everything's <laughs> great. I was like, okay, I think, I think we're good. <laughs> I think we're okay. But, but I mean, but that it does, it does make a huge difference. It does. Um, and just sharing with someone. Yeah. And I will share real quick. I had a dear friend of mine. I shared with her that I was being tempted into this situation. And she strongly urged me. She said, Christy, you must go to your husband and tell him. You must. You've got to tell him. And I remember getting so mad at her. And I was more protective of this, this friendship that I had created than my own marriage. I was so blinded and I didn't talk to her for like a few months because she made me so mad. So the advice that makes you angry is usually the advice that you need. Had I gone to my husband and taken her advice and said, hey, there's a man at church and he's pursuing me, we would have changed churches. We may have even moved and we would have saved our first family. Yeah. There is nothing too extreme that you can do to save your first family. If there's anything I could shout from a mountaintop from what I've learned is first family first. Like you have no idea how blessed you are. If you have your first family fight for them, protect them. You know, we're empty nesters. Now our kids come in from college. It's really tough because they're splitting their time between two, three, four different homes. Sure. So get to see our kids much and that's on us yeah these are things that the devil doesn't tell you when he's tempting you into a fun time is is it fun sure are you gonna have to pay hell for it yes is it worth it no it's not worth it and we have a great yep. marriage now but both of us agree if there was a time machine we'd hop in it yesterday uh, you know, yeah nope I, 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 <laughs> yeah I feel the same way. Like I'm, I'll, I'll pay for, for my, my sins and transgressions forever. Like there's, you know, there's just so many, um, different angles that it impacted different areas that yeah. were some where it, it, it saved my marriage with Amy, but it, um, but it took away relationships and it, especially, you know, with, with my kids and stuff, it impacted that for sure. So, um, but hey, we get to be, we still have time. We get to be better influences for them. And then hopefully they see that and get that encouragement. That's right. I believe in, you know, making it a mistake that counts. Yeah. You have failed. We all fail, but we get to choose. You know, you're not a, you're not a loser. You're a chooser and you can <laughs> choose to fail forward. And you don't have to write a book or, or have a podcast, but just ask God, God, who can I be the voice 
for, you know, in their life that, man, I wish someone would have been for me. And he'll yeah. open up that circle for you. And there's nothing better than being able to take what you've gone through, good, bad, you know, ugly, whatever it is, and helping someone else. It's a different level of healing. Mm. Yeah. Um, and it, it makes it, it makes what you've gone through worth something. Well, Christy, thank you so much for, for taking the time to, to talk about this topic. And I know that we're going to get you on again. Yeah, uh, I love very it. Soon. We always have great talks. We do. We do. So, yep, uh, we're going to get you on again in the next month or so, and um, we'll keep the conversation going. All right. Sounds good, Neil. Thank you Thanks, again for Chris. having me. Thanks, Christy. And thanks again to Christy for coming on Unmasked this week. I truly appreciate her and her friendship and, and the encouragement that, that she offers me. I'll put a link to Christy's website in the description so you can find her and, and learn more about her and, and check out all the amazing things uh, that she's doing for the kingdom. So, hey, look, next week, next week is March, March 1st. That happens to also be the three-year anniversary that God unmasked all of my shortcomings and sins to Amy. And so I think it's only appropriate that we celebrate the one year or three year anniversary of that unmasking, the one year anniversary of this show by bringing Amy on next week and talk about where things stand today. Yeah. Hey, guess what? We're still married and our marriage is still running strong. And I'm uh, just excited to get her back onto the show because she always uh, she always brings a lot of fun. That's why I love her. And I'm excited to, uh, to share that episode with you next week. All right, everybody. Hey, listen, remember Jesus did not come to hang out with the saints and the righteous. He came to hang out with the sick and the sinners of the world, just like you and just like me, but not to revel in our sin, but to call us out of it. Thanks for tuning in this week. We'll see you next week on Unmasked.